The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's PFTPM Thursday edition along with Chris Sims Unbuttoned. The Thursday Mega Picks podcast. We've done it with 16 games. We've done it with six games. Last week, we did it with four games. Now, we got to stretch. We got two games to fill the full hour, but there's so much to discuss for the conference championship games. The four best teams still standing. Two great matchups. Hello, Christopher. I can't wait oh, for this week. I can't wait either. It, it really is. I, I do think – I know. I know – you know, we didn't. I didn't pick all these teams to get here this weekend, but I, I think what what you say realistically, when you take the big picture of the season, you know, these are teams that we had in the top four conversation all year long. Even when the Bucks fell off, to where I'll give us credit, we consistently said, I, you know, I know it's not looking good, but still, when they play their best, they have the look of being one of the best teams in football. And I'm glad we never got off of that. And I, yes. I think we are with the four best teams in football. In a year where there was no offseason and, and, and training camps, we thought earlier this year that this would be a year of the quarterbacks, right, because the offenses will be farther above. Well, hey, looky here. We got the three best quarterbacks in the game and a guy who's 43 and, yeah, has some help around him and things like that, but obviously is still awesome too and good enough to where, yeah, he can win the Super Bowl and do special things with that support system. So, I'm pumped. I really am. Which one are you more excited for? Packers Bucks. You are? Just because just because it may be the the last time right. that we see Rodgers and Brady in this type of a setting. I feel like we're going to see Mahomes and Allen again in playoff games. This may be it. And we've been waiting so long for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady to cross paths in the postseason that I feel like this is yeah. this is one that's been 13 years in the making. Yeah, 13. You're right. And, I mean, we've had a lot of years where we've gotten into divisional weekend and we're like, oh, man, we could see, you know, Patriots versus Packers in the Super Bowl in a few weeks. That would be awesome. 12 versus 12. You know, we got cheated out of that in 14 because the damn Richard Rodgers. Was it Richard Rodgers who didn't recover the onside kick and all that crap? That would have been an awesome Super Bowl if we got to see it. But you're right. It's not a Super Bowl, but it still has the importance the same level of importance, really, and um, legacies are on the line, especially I think for Aaron Rodgers. It was Brandon Bostic who had oh, that Brandon onside Bostic. kick Sorry. tear him off of his Sorry. pads. Yep. And before that, it was Morgan Burnett with the pick six who who fell down. down. Like there was six minutes left in the game. What the hell are you doing? Run that thing in for a touchdown. What a crazy game! I tell you what. I mean, Packers fans have their Lombardi trophies. They've got four of them. But it's amazing that they don't have another one, haven't played for another one over the course of the past decade, but this may be yeah. their last best chance with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about that game. But before we get into the games, let me have 30 seconds Love for to. a victory lap here. Go it's ahead. been so rare that I've been able to tell you to cram it sideways <laughs> that I, by virtue of the Buccaneers coming through for me, that gave me the edge. We both had the Ravens. We were wrong. You had the Saints. I had the Bucks. I got lucky in that one when the Bucks finally woke up in the third quarter. So I was three and one. You were two and two straight up. I was two and two against the spread. You were one and three. Best bets one and one. You are still kicking my ass thoroughly straight up against the spread. It's close, but it's not close enough for me to catch you. But best bets. It looks like I've got that. You do. I, I probably got that clinched because I've up. got five games in the win column and there's only three games left. Right. All right. Um, and we're not going to do best bets for every game. Obviously, we're just going to do one this week because there's only two games. So let's get into Buccaneers five seed at the top seeded Green Bay Packers. Bay of Pigs for all the marbles in the NFC. Cold, snow, awesome. Uh, and uh, where you want to start? Yeah, where do you want to start? You want to talk about Rodgers and their matchup on you know the Bucks defense or the other way around? We're, uh, Let's I'll, start with the home team offense. Oh. Green Bay, when they have the ball, what should we be looking for? Well, uh, okay, there, there's a few things. You know, the first time they played 
You know, there was some troubling things you see. Now, both of these teams are a little different, and the Packers, you know, as we know, have become a lot better really the last six or seven weeks, definitely. Uh, I think the one, the one thing that jumped out to me about the first game, even though they jumped out to a 10 nothing lead, I came away watching it back going, yeah, it was a 10 nothing lead, but it wasn't like the offense executed it and they just blew the bucks off the field and it was wide open receivers and ran the ball. Really, when I started to break it down, I went, man, this wasn't easy. In fact, they got down the field both times just because Aaron Rodgers made some off-schedule plays and unbelievable throws like he does. So it was not a great offensive day altogether. The Bucks D, Mike, as we know, let's just start with this. Do we think the Packers' offense can run against this Bucks Buccaneers' defense? Like, what what are your thoughts there? Well, they're going to have a hard time, especially if Vita Vey is able to play Man, and if right. he's ready to go. And Bruce Arians, the head coach, has been saying he's in shape, he's been working, and that really puts a wrench in the ability to run inside. And as you said earlier today on PFT Live, good luck running outside with Devin White. Right. Ready to clamp down on whether it's Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, whoever. You try to bounce it outside, you're going to get bounced to the ground by Devin White. Uh, exactly. That's where uh, – that, to me, will be a big component of the football game. I don't think there's any – you can't no, – I haven't seen anybody run outside on the Buccaneers all year long. First off, JPP and Shaquille Barrett are very good at, like, kind of setting the edge, and if you do get around them, they're athletic enough to kind of get out there and, and never let you turn the corner, let alone like those guys. Maybe you can run up the middle. I got to see it, though. I got to see it. Like we said on the show this morning, nobody has run on the Bucks all year except your Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. I don't know if I can expect that to happen this week, And even though I, I respect this Packers run game. Here's the other thing that jumps out to me, Mike, and, and maybe this is where the Packers' approach could be different. The first time around, you know, the Packers went into that game. They were kind of on fire. I believe they were undefeated at that point. Everything they had been doing was just working. It didn't matter. It just was, hey, we're awesome, blah, blah, blah. That was the first time a team gave them some issues. Another thing I said to you on the show today was way too many deep throws, aggressive schemes the first time around. That has to change because I don't think you can sit there and expect to sit in the pocket all day long against this you know, Buccaneers pass rush, which is another one where I go, you know, how do we feel about that? Do we think Rodgers is going to be able to sit back there all day and throw the ball with this defensive line and all that? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm asking you because I don't know the answer either. What do you think? Well, look, it's going to be a challenge, even though the Packers offensive line has played very well. David yeah. Bakhtiari's not there. He's the highest paid offensive lineman in league history for a reason, and it puts more pressure on the Packers O-line to withstand that that frenzy that could be created by the Buccaneers and I really do think Chris and I don't want to make it overly simplistic but but I, I just I feel like whichever team gets into that we want this more mindset yeah. especially defensively right if one of these defenses just becomes hair on fire passionate aggressive damn the torpedoes who cares if I get injured? There is no tomorrow. I'm going to throw my body around. I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to get chippy. I'm going to get nasty. Whoever can can capture that, and maybe both defenses do. Maybe it's going to be 13 to 10. I don't know. But I feel like that's really the challenge. In a game like this, when so many things are equal, who can light that fire? And, and who can capture that moment? Remember last year? when we had Zadarius Smith with us in Miami yeah. the week of the Super Bowl. And right. this was back when the, the Packers still had this weird, every time they, they took the show on the road, you had to wonder who's going to show up and what happens. And Zadarius Smith said we weren't ready to play in the NFC Championship game. How can you not be ready to play yeah. in, the, in the game that vaults you to the Super Bowl, the thing you've worked for all year long, the Bill Parcells line that we uttered earlier this week, this is why you lift all them weights. This is why you do all that crap. This is the culmination. And, and you know, yes, it's three hours like any other day, but it's not. And I just feel like whoever brings that, that greater urgency and zeal and desire to the table, I feel like that's going to be a huge edge. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and, you know, when it comes to that aspect, I have more faith in the Bucks defense being able to capture that craziness than I do you know the 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 Packers defense 
It just seems like there's more of those guys, whether it's Sue, a JPP, Devin White, like you said, who I think will really, if the coach just goes, hey, you got to go run through that steel wall over there, he'd be like, okay, coach, I'll do it. Oh, I didn't make it through, but I'll try again. I feel like they have more of those guys. I mean, I, I, I do. So that's an advantage to the, to the Bucks altogether. Now, the Bucks defense, we saw how awesome they were last week. I don't think they can play that exact same style they did against Drew Brees and the Saints. I know a lot of people, I, I've heard that, and I've been on a radio you know, here and there where you know, I, I expect to see the same approach from the Bucks defense. Eh, I, yes, but they got to be careful. They can't be playing bump and run, man-to-man, people all in the box to stop the run against Aaron Rodgers. You know, Drew Brees, you didn't have to worry about the ball going plus 20 yards. You didn't have to worry about that. It's a huge advantage. Aaron Rodgers, you got to defend 20 down to the next 70 yards. You got to defend it because he can hit throws that way. So I have a hard time thinking that aspect. And here's one other little thing, Mike, I'll throw out there. I always look in these matchups for – does does the coach Matt LaFleur in this one has there been anybody in his coaching tree or anybody he knows that's had to face this Buccaneers defense and do anything and one thing that came up to me that I just thought was interesting we talked about the Packers can they protect Rodgers they couldn't the first time around you know as I went here and I went man the Bucks lost five games this year one of them was to the Chiefs yes big plays bombs blah 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 the other four losses, though, were against dink and dunk teams, teams that took the pass rush kind of out of the game and got the ball out of the quarterback's hands, and teams to what something you said earlier today was took advantage of a young secondary, quick, can you figure out how to close this zone and do tough stuff like that. That, to me, is something I think the Packers can bring to the game plan that they didn't do the first time around. And with my point with the coaching thing, you know, McVay, and the Rams against the Buccaneers, Mike, they tore the Buccaneers up with slot Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, short-type throws. The Bears won with all short-type throws. Drew Brees and the Saints, their two wins. Short, get the ball out of your hands, quick-type throws. I I think that's something to look for in this game uh, for the Packers that might be different than the first time around. So the longer Aaron Rodgers holds the ball, the better the chance the Buccaneers have to get to him. I think but that so. seems to me when he's the most dangerous. I know. He'll be backpedaling on his back foot, flick of the wrist, 50 yards, huge play. He's going to want to try to do that from time to time. But your assessment would be timing, rhythm, quick release, get rid of the ball, keep the chains moving, and kind of take the wind out of the sails for the Buccaneers, no pun intended. Right. But, you know, the Buccaneers have struggled when they've fallen behind. And, and they've fallen behind in so many games this year. At one point, I tracked all the games, and it was like every even the games they won, they were falling behind. They were down 10 to the Packers in the regular season before it all exploded in their favor. they got to forget about that, and I think they're doing what they can to set that aside. Both teams really need to forget about it, but especially the Buccaneers because, right. you know, we talked about the 38-3 to Saints win over the Bucks from Week 9. You you can't let yourself think it's just going to be a continuation of that because then when it isn't, you start thinking it's it's not our day. Yeah, I mean, that, right. That's the, the the most important thing to guard against is that mindset that can settle onto one sideline that is it's not your day. It's not your day. It's like. It's just like this whispering muse. It's not your what, day. It, and they yeah. all start to feel it's not your day. Right. And that's when the Buccaneers have lost. Right. When it starts early and they can't break out of it. And before you know it, it's not their right. day. Right. Well, it's almost like the Packers last year in the NFC Championship game. You felt like after the first two or three drives, they realized like, whoa, this ain't our day. And it just collapsed on them. Now, the Buccaneers, they did get tougher. I think we both saw that through the month of you know, December and everything like that. But, you, I mean, your, your point is real. It's right. you got to void your memory of that game. This does not matter. This is a different animal, a different place, different stakes on the line. You know, they had, the, the, the Buccaneers at that point had lost two games. That was a desperate point in the year for them. Green Bay was sitting back going, man, we're awesome. Are we the best team in football? So they got caught at two different times. Can't put too much into that. But – I do think the approach, at least for the Packers' offense, has to be a little different. You know, not you know. I think the the fact that they got to see this Buccaneers D line and the intensity and size of it, I think that can help them out. But I really look at this in a lot of ways, Mike, and go, 
I, I think for the Green Bay Packers to win the game, if I could boil it down to one thing, I'm going to go, it's going to have to be Aaron Rodgers having a special day. I really think that. And there's a lot of pressure on him as we talked about. But I really think it's going to come down to him, the offense. And I think the offense is going to play a big role in helping out the Packers' defense if they want to win against the Buccaneers' offense. Legacy on the line for Aaron Rodgers' first-ever NFC Championship game at home when he won an NFC title game 11 years ago. It was at Chicago against Jay Cutler. Tom Brady is not Jay Cutler. Before we flip it over to the Bucks' offense, the cold is a factor in this as it relates to that 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 snap. That yeah. you know, it's not our day and get me the hell it's out. Cold of hell, yeah, yeah, right. It, it, it right. happens quickly, right? Uh-huh. Because the, the the best competitors feel that that sense of it's not my day coming in and they reverse it. That's what Tom Brady does. But the cold accelerates it. I don't want to, I mean, this is too much psychoanalysis, no, but I think but this is part real. of the game. The yeah. cold, the cold gets you to the point where you are, get me the F out of here. It's over. It's done. I want to go home. Get me out of here before I tear an ACL or get some sort of an injury. Let's start the off season. And that's what the team that starts to feel it slip is going to need to master and understand. And I think Brady is uniquely suited to that because he's been there so many times. He was down 28-3 in the Super Bowl. Right. And he didn't say it's not our day. He said it's still our day. Let's go win it. All right. right. So and, and to your do? point, he was down 20-10 to 10 in a cold AFC championship game against the Jaguars. He played in so many of these cold games, he will not be affected. And, and uh, you know what, Mike, I just want to hit on that real quick because I played in Tampa and I've seen it. I've seen when you go to cold weather. Pre-game warm-ups, I will be watching for stuff like that. If you see the Buccaneers players out there in pregame warm-ups, you know, before they put the uniform on, and you see guys with hoodies and all bundled up and crap like that, I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to sit there and go, uh-oh, I'm not sure if I like the way that looks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks do, like, almost the Giants, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard thing. Remember how they went out in pregame warm-ups to the Packers with no shirt on to basically yeah. like, prove How'd that point? work out? Yeah, it didn't work out good. But I, I would think this is something they're battling in their brain and they're talking about. And I think that's why we saw in Bruce Arians' clip earlier today, he made that, like, 28 degrees ain't cold. That's not, oh, it's not cold. I'll, I'll tell you, cold. I grew up in the north. Blah, blah, blah. He's trying to instill that mentality into his team right now. I think you can try too hard to make it look like you're yeah, not worried yeah. about the cold by running around with your shirt off. But But I think there is something to be said for that demeanor because – the, the, the winning team is going to be the team with the stronger let's go take it vibe because the, the talent is, is equal enough that either team can win. Either Definitely. team can win yep. this game. Who wants it? Who's going to go take it? Who's going to claim it? And uh, that's, that's why it's going to be such a great game to watch. All right, let's talk about the Bucks offense for a little bit against that Packers defense. We've seen it evolve. We've seen more no risk it, no biscuit. We've seen more running. We've seen a lot of running this past weekend against the New Orleans Saints. What do you think we're going to see as it relates to what it's going to take to win the game on Sunday? I, I think we're going to continue to see that. I think they know this is the way they play. You know, I, I think one, two, Mike, you, you and I have hit this a few times during the week. You know, the games they've lost, too. Another thing you can look in common is they got into we're going to shotgun and throw it too much. And then defenses started to blitz and pressure Brady, and he made big mistakes in all of those losses, really almost every one of them. It was the same thing. And that's where they've gotten better down the last month. They've balanced, run the ball, max protect Brady, so now he doesn't feel flustered and throw some stupid ball because there's pressure on him. I think we're going to see that. You know, They kind of managed Brady in the offense to a degree last week. It's like they just said, nope, we're going to run the ball. We're not going to let the Saints blitz and pressure make Brady throw a bad interception, and then we can't come back and win the game. We're just going to kind of stay close, and then we think Brady late in the fourth quarter is going to be clutch and beat you guys. That's kind of what they played. I, I, I have a hard time thinking they're not going to come out trying to run the ball uh, as far as the Bucks. The Bucks dominated the line of scrimmage the first game around running the ball the way they're running it right now, and I I question the, the Packers' D, Mike. I, I do. I I guess there's a part of me that worries they could get steamrolled by this huge, hulking, big Buccaneers offensive line. Which, which has done a very good job in recent weeks. The thing that really resonated with me, Bruce Arians' comments after the win over Washington in the wild card round when Chase Young was trying to stir that thing up with Tom Brady and there was a lot of talk about it. And it's not like he was being malicious. He's just excited. That got the attention of the Tampa Bay offensive right. line. They took it to heart. That's what Arian said. So they were even more determined 
to play well against that Washington defensive line, and they did. That gave them confidence to play well against the Saints, and they did. Well, of the three teams, Washington, Saints, and Packers, who's got the worst? I'll do respect. Of those three, it's yeah. the Packers. Yeah. So they've already shown that they can master the best. This is all rolling in the right direction for the Buccaneers at the perfect time. Uh, agreed. Exactly right. And I think the other aspect, too, is you know I have respect for the – the Packers are a tougher team than they were last year. We've hit on that a lot over the last month when we talk about them. Um, you know, we, eight weeks ago, we were going, ah, the Packers have a great record. We're not sure how great they are. By the time we got here to the playoffs, we started to go, damn, no, they're pretty good. They're definitely one of the four best teams. There's no doubt about that. They changed our thoughts that way. But even last week, to me, is concerning, Mike. You know, like with Cam Akers, right? He had 18 carries for 90 yards. And I know that's not a huge day, but that's not like an awesome Rams offensive line. Nobody is, is going, oh, my gosh, the Rams have so many bulldozers and they're awesome that way. No, that's not that great, okay? And then when you take into account that there's limited things you have to worry about in the pass game and you can put a lot of eggs into the we're going to stop the run game basket when you play the Rams, and the Rams still had success. The, my problem with the, the Packers is – they're in the right places, Mike, when it comes to stopping the run. But nobody ever physically dominates and makes a play and makes a tackle for a two-yard loss or does anything like that. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, we defended it. You ran for five, but we didn't get gashed. So that's good. It was just four or five. Like, and that's not going to cut it this week. And that's what I worry about. It gets to, you know – Fournette and, and Ronald Jones up the middle, and now they're starting to creep towards the line of scrimmage, and now it's mismatch nightmare, and you got Kevin King on you know Mike Evans one-on-one, -on -one, and Brady strikes a, a big play and does that stuff. That's my real worry for the Packers' defense in the game. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brate, Antonio Brown, if he's healthy, if he's not, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. There's depth, there's experience, there's trust, Tom Brady trusts every one of those guys when it comes to throwing them the football. And that means something. Look at the weapons he has. Better than any weapons he's ever had in his career, top to bottom. It really is amazing. You throw in a great offensive yeah. line. You throw in Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones running the ball. They used both of them last week to significant impact. Chris, let's make our picks. I'll go. You want me to go first? Sure. I'll go first. You go first. I think I think the Buccaneers are going to win. Now, I have to be true to my preseason Super Bowl pick. I did pick the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. Let's not discuss any of my other picks from September. The only one that matters right now is that I picked the Buccaneers to go to the Super Bowl and win it. So I can't abandon them now. They're still alive. And even though they're three-point underdogs, I think the Buccaneers go into Lambeau Field and they they do what Tom Brady was signed by the team to do. They punched their ticket back to Tampa. They become the first team in NFL history to host and play in a Super Bowl in the same year. So I got where the there can't be any fans there. Yeah. 24. Yeah. There, there will be fans. Yeah, there oh, will be, be fans. I know, I know. Oh, oh, there'll be fans. I know. Yeah, there'll be fans. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. 27, Florida. 24 bucks. All right. Listen, you, you said a lot of good things there. There's no doubt about that. You know, one other thing I'll just say about the matchup that I just think is, is important is just as far as the Bucks offense. Can the Packers, to what we were just talking about, can they win first and second down and, you know, get the Buccaneers in third and eight situations where Brady might have to hold the ball and now their pass rush can get there? Or can the Packers continue to score continually enough to where the Buccaneers can't be balanced and patient all the time? they got to drop back and throw maybe more than they'd like. That, to me, is how the Packers are going to have to win. Or Rodgers is going to have to have an out-of-this-world special day. One of the things I wrote, Mike, after they played in Week 6, on the bottom of my page, I wrote, Packers don't want to see the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Bucks win 9 out of 10 times. I think Rodgers could deliver a special game. I really do in a lot of ways. And I wouldn't be shocked if it happened because we talked about it. the pressures on him. But... The Bucks are the better team, and I'm going to go with the better team right now, and I think it's a bad matchup for the Packers. I'm going to go Bucks 26-24, winning the game and punching their ticket back home to Tampa. 
Why do you pick the more unconventional score of 26? Did you just not want to pick the same score I did? No, I, I didn't. I had 26-24. You want to know what I did? I literally said, okay, I think both of these teams are going to score three offensive touchdowns. I'm playing the Packers and Mason Crosby miss one extra point. And, or no, no, yeah, I'm the other way around. I'm playing yeah. the Buccaneers miss the extra point, and it's Packers 21-20, and then the Buccaneers go down 23-21. Rodgers drives them down late to kick a field goal to go up 24-23. Brady says, au contraire, I have a little more magic left, and he drives them down, and they kick a last-second field goal to win the game and go to the Super Bowl. That's where I'm going with it. And I understand you can point to coaching and players and everything around it, but at the same time, Brady's got six and Rodgers has one. And at some point, that is a reflection on the quarterback. It just is. For Brady to have six and then to go to Tampa and be on the brink of playing for his seventh, that means something. And I think what he brings to that team, beyond the quarterbacking skill, he has brought a rejuvenation to the entire franchise, and we're seeing the culmination of it in what will be the 19th game together with Tom Brady. So uh, we both like the Bucks. Why don't we take a break? And when we return, the late game, the two young future goats, Mahomes versus Allen. We'll get you ready for the AFC Championship game between the Bills and the Chiefs when this joint collaboration of PFTPM and Chris Sims on Bucks continues right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. It's PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned the Joint Megapicks podcast. We're down to only two games, which gives us extra time to talk about those two games. It gives us a little time to talk about other things, too. Chris, I have a very important observation that was made by a viewer who enjoyed our program this morning, PFT Live. Okay. There, there is a theory that your watch doesn't work. Oh. Does your watch work? Yeah, the second hand's moving. It's there. Um, I don't know if you could see it right now. Now, so, it's not set to proper time. That's okay, what it's that's not. the problem. Yes. So, some, somebody said that it was showing 6.55 a.m. at 20 minutes after 7. That would so. be right. Yeah, right now it's showing. <laughs> right now, well, yes, exactly. Right now it's showing ten nineteen, and it's ten forty one a.m. So it's it's. I okay. don't set my. I just put it on because I like the way it looks. Uh, so that's that's all I can tell you. That's really all uh, there is to it. Well, that's you know, you know it is a very difficult and painstaking process to change the time on a watch so I can understand why <laughs> yeah. why you, you wouldn't undertake that. Although with your giant hands, it's a little it annoying. may be more difficult. Right. It may be more difficult. Getting that annoying. little pin out and yeah. spin it, it may be harder. <laughs> you may need to get somebody else to do it for you. Right. All right, let's get on to far more important things. According to points bet, the Kansas City Chiefs favored by three, just like the Packers favored by three. Chiefs at home against the Buffalo Bills. The team that ended the season is number one in the PFT power rankings. Uh, n- not as impressive against the Colts, 
Very impressive against the Ravens, especially defensively. Now they roll into Kansas City. Let's start with Buffalo defense against that Kansas City Chiefs offense, which we assume will have Patrick Mahomes. It would be a huge surprise if they don't. He's got that toe issue. They've got got a great array of weapons. What do you see the Chiefs doing offensively against the Buffalo Bills defense? Well, I, you know, I think this is going to be a game, Mike, at least in my opinion, and just, you know, from watching film and doing all this crap, right, that I do. I'm Ron Jaworski. I watch the film. I would be shocked if the Chiefs approach the game the same way they did the first time. I think we're going to see a totally different style of game from both of these football teams. You know, that was early in the year. It was kind of a bad weather game, and the Bills at that point – couldn't stop the run, and they were really bad on defense. I mean, really bad. Had some really de- bad deficiencies and things, Mike, that we went in on the time where I would just go, no, every team is trying to run the ball right at this one spot because the Bills can't figure out how to defend that spot in certain formations, and the Chiefs did that. But I think within that, too, you know, they took away some of their own strengths as a football team. You know, I'm fine with running the ball. But don't get in, like, the I formation with a tight end and Patrick Mahomes under the center like they did the first time. How about getting the shotgun and make them worry about all the passes and then run those same runs you ran? To me, that'll put more pressure on this Bills defense. I, I think that's what we're going to see more of this time. Plus, I don't think you could take the risk if you're the Chiefs. Not with that other offense on that side of the ball where you could just go, oh, we're going to play balanced. No, they're going to have to attack. And that's where I think you could see some sort of a, shut, a, a shootout and where – It'll be interesting to me, the Bills' defense, Mike, we, we've hit this a lot too, so much better than it was then compared to now. I mean, the last seven or eight weeks, it's been amazing. But the one thing I always come back to with the Bills' defense, you know, they were great against the Ravens last week because they could got to go all in on we're going to stop the run game and we don't have to worry about everything in the pass game. You know, they were great in the end of the regular season because they got in some of those like sort of matchups with like the New England Patriots and things like that. We saw in the wild card round they had issues, though. Why? Because that team had just a little balance to where you're like, wait, we got to stop that run. Oh, wait. And they have this great pass passing game or not great, but good. And they couldn't stop either one. Now, I don't think that's the case with the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are going to run the ball 46 times or anything like that. But the Bills are going to be a little compromised in this one. And that, to me, is going to be the big challenge for them is can they confuse Mahomes and Andy Reid and give them enough crazy looks so they don't know what to expect? I don't know, Mike. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, here's my thought, and it was triggered by something you said there because last weekend we spent time talking about the potential value of the Browns reducing possessions in the divisional round game against the Chiefs, keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, drinking Gatorade, or as the case may be, pina coladas and then the prior week it was the Colts reducing possessions slowing the game down shortening the game and keeping Josh Allen on the sidelines and Chris in a crazy sort of way when you bring these two high-powered offenses together and this is the thought that came to me when you said shootout yeah I started thinking which team would benefit from slowing it down and reducing possessions and I can't believe I'm going to say it but I think the Chiefs would benefit from strategically and tactically slowing down the game and keeping Josh Allen on the sideline. I think the chances of Allen being frustrated and pressing and making mistakes are greater if you force him to wait than if you force Mahomes to wait. Although I think the intuitive thought would be, The Bills will be better off keeping the Chiefs on the sideline. I think in this game, the strategy that could work well for the Chiefs. Now, look, I think any strategy will work for the Chiefs. But I think you take the steam out of the Bills' offense by having long, methodical, old-school West Coast drives where you just gradually and deliberately take what's there and move it down the field and don't try to force something. Don't make a mistake. Just go easy and slow and controlled. Seven-minute drives. Keep Josh Allen on the sideline and try to make them – frustrated by their lack of opportunity it's it's an interesting conversation Mike I don't think you're crazy with that thought at all it's crossed my mind to a degree it has first off I mean your point about 
you know, Josh Allen, the Bills, their patience. Mahomes and them, they've already had a deal with this. Like, they've shown their patience. They had their, like, whoa, defenses are playing really conservative. What can Kansas City do to compound this? And they went, wait, we can run it a little, but we, we'll extend our short passing game and make that better. And, you know, they are a patient team when they have to be. They, they really are. Yeah, the Bills, I don't know if I'm as convinced with that. Uh, I'm with you. And to me, the Bills, I would be worried about that. And that's to me where I would force the issue a little bit. You know, to your point also there along those lines, the Bills have no running game. The Chiefs have a running game that you have to defend a little bit. You can't just go, forget it. We're not even going to think about it. Now, they run the ball just good enough to where you go, crap. I got to worry about stopping that one or two runs they do in the shotgun. That's going to be an issue for us when I have to worry about all this other stuff. One of the big keys to the game, Mike, for me, will be McDermott and Leslie Frazier. And just, you said it in the draft today, the mind games and things they'll have to do with Andy Reid. They're going to have to try to be able to fool them with some pre-snap looks. Like, you know, hey, we're down in here. You're not going to run the ball against this look. Don't run this ball. And then, you know, there's Mahomes, whitey, whitey. And all of a sudden they drop back. And it's, oh, God, I checked the pass already. Damn, it was too late. They're going to have to do some of that and take some chances and maybe even void some areas at times to just go, okay, we were worried about this and we stopped this. And, yeah, we might have cheated and left this area wide open, but – we did it unexpectedly and calculated to where maybe you didn't notice it. And th- those are the teams that have success against the Chiefs, though. Okay, so uh, what do you expect the Chiefs to do then? Do you expect them to, to push the ball down the field aggressively and get into a shootout? Or do you think they will be inclined to, to just take what's there and if it means slowing the game down and keeping Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and company on the sideline, they'll, they'll embrace that? I, I think... I think in my heart of hearts, I think they're, they're, they're going to be too scared to play that way. I think they're going to look at it and just go, you know what? We are who we are. I'm not going to go down giving the ball to the running backs. If we go down, we're going down with Mahomes and Tyreek and, and Travis Kelsey. And I just expect them to play that style of football. I do. Not that it's going to be a drop back pass every play or anything like that. But I think it's going to be four to one, you know, pass run ratio, something like that in that range. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what will be different. That's why, I, I don't know, in my, in my mind, I'm expecting a little bit more of a shootout, certainly in this game as compared to the first time around. And I think there's something to be said for the Chiefs trying to, trying to go for the jugular early, you know, squish the bug. Don't let it run around for a little bit and toy with it. And try to and try to outlast it. Just squish it. Well, because yeah. that's something that we haven't seen happen to the Bills very often. But remember when when we were thinking they're pretty damn good, and they were thinking they're pretty damn good, and they stepped into the buzzsaw against the Titans, and then the Chiefs in prime time, six days apart, the Tuesday night game and the Monday night game. That 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 kind of rattled them, and it took them a while to recover from it. And I think that the Chiefs are going to look to rattle them, and 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 due to them. What the Chiefs had done to them last year, the Chiefs were able to recover from it. I think Andy Reid and company will believe the Bills won't be able to recover from 17-0, whatever they could try to do early, lightning strike, like they did to the to the Browns. And, yeah. and the Browns, to their credit, to their credit, found a way to try to fight back. Yeah. But I think that's going to be the approach. Deliver the knockout punch as early as possible, especially – if you got a chance, and, and look, the, the, the chances of the Chiefs blowing out the Bills are very slim. But if there is an opportunity to get Patrick Mahomes off the field and get him off that toe, you're going to take it. So if you think your offense can roll up a bunch of points and you trust your defense to slow him down and you could get into the third quarter and you're up 38-10, to 10, great, because then I can get Patrick Mahomes out of the game. That's another reason. to Obviously, you want to win the game more than anything else. Yeah. But I could see that there's just wisdom – in trying to break the Bills early. Force the issue, trust your guys, and break the Bills early. As, as Andy Reid said in, in explaining his decision to go for it on fourth and one late against the Browns, there's no tomorrow. That, and I don't right. see Andy Reid getting conservative now. Well, yeah, and, and that, that's exactly right. And the team's built around the offense. That's where the money is. That's the unit that's got to win the game. That's one of the greatest units in the sport. 
that's the unit that can put pressure on the other team to make the other team have to play a way they don't want to play. And that's where I that's where I'm getting at, Mike, to to kind of what you're saying. We're we're, we're kind of working, you know, simpatico here. Because the first time around, I think it was the most Mahomes was under the center and they were in I formation and stuff like that. And they really played right into the hands of the Bills. The Bills were probably like, thank God. Fine. Yeah, we don't have to worry about McCole Hardman and Tyreek split over here and Kelsey and Sammy Watkins split over here. Now you're in one of these normal formations. We can kind of disguise because people are packed in here a little bit more and maybe trick you and do those. It's hard to be tricky or show an all-out blitz, right, and say, okay, I want to show an all-out blitz and shotgun, right, and then yet there's Tyreek Hill out there in the slot, and you're like, wait, my safety is up there by the line of scrimmage trying to show all-out blitz, and I'm going to say set hut, and I want him to run back and play the deep half while Tyreek Hill runs down the field. Like, that's where I think the Kansas City can put a lot more pressure on the Bills, and I expect them to do that this time around. And as you were saying that, and these conversations are great for me because it, it stimulates my brain, which at times needs it. I think that back in week six, when coincidentally the Packers and the Bucks got together, the yeah. Chiefs and the Bills got together, I think Andy Reid knew they were going to cross paths again. And I think Andy Reid specifically engineered that game plan knowing we're, we're going to save the good stuff right. for the one that counts. Right. I'll take advantage of a weakness I see right now, but I got a lot of other ways I'd like to attack Sean McDermott, and I'll keep those in the vault for later on. I, I wouldn't be shocked with that. Hey, they did what they had to do right there at that point of the year to win the football game. That's how they looked at it. This is a different team right now, and it is a different circumstance with win or go home. And I have a hard time thinking like a guy like Andy Reid is going to sit there and I think he'd be able to lo- rest a lot easier on Monday if he lost – going down with we threw it and we tacked and did everything like that. And if it was the other way around where he tried to play balance and run the ball, I think that'll make him not sleep all next week if they lose the game that way around. He's going to go, damn, what the hell was I thinking? I got Patrick Mahomes and these guys and all this money on the offense. Why would I let them off the hook? So I I think we see the pretty much aggressive air show uh, from the Chiefs offense. All right, all due respect to the Bills' offense and the Chiefs' defense, but we spent too much time talking about the other side, the more fascinating side of this fight that we don't have time to get into that. What we do have time to do is make our picks. I went first last game. You go first this game. Who do you like and why and by how many? Man, we don't have enough time to hit that part of it. Well, I – okay, I just want to say this. Yeah, a couple minutes. Good. Go ahead. The Bills' offense, I don't – they did themselves an injustice too. They played a style like we just talked about, too, where they're, we're running the ball on third and one and fourth and one and running the ball on first down. Hey, screw all that, okay? You're not a running team. Move on. And I think they've realized that. You know, I think they realized that around the Seattle Seahawks game where they just said, hey, the hell with it. We're going to throw the ball every play. Josh Allen told me last week, he goes, Dayball comes in on some Wednesdays and Thursdays and goes, I don't think we're going to run it much this week. We might throw it every play. You know, they're going to go with what brought them there, too. And I think they're, they're going to go down swinging with their weapons, their offense, the strength of their football team. And honestly, I think they, a little bit like we just talked about the other way around, the Chiefs are a feast or famine. They either blitz everybody or they drop everybody out. The first time around, the Bills tried to be like balanced, eye formation, we're going to run the ball a little too and keep Mahomes on the sideline. And they had a hard time getting in rhythm as an offense. So... You know, I think you put more stress on the Chiefs' D when you go, hey, I'm in the shotgun. you got to worry about Josh Allen desired runs, right? you got to worry about containing me in the pocket, and you got to cover all these suckers out here who can beat man-to-man and zone and do all that stuff. So that's where I think we're going to see both teams go, wait, we got studs at quarterback. The quarterbacks are the reason we're here, and we're going down with them having the ball in their hand all game long. And I think the Bills can make some big plays on the – uh, on the Chiefs' D, certainly, but I would think that's going to be their approach this time around, too. Okay, so can they win? Make your pick. They can win, yes, but I'm not going to pick them to win. I'm not. I mean, the Chiefs, just like you said, I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl before the year. I'm not going to pick the Chiefs to lose one of these games until I see it. I'm not. Now, we know. Yeah, I think they can lose again. We saw a clip today of Chris Jones basically saying the Bills – are the Chiefs from two years ago. They can score at will, and the quarterback's awesome and all that. So it's dangerous, yes. But the Chiefs, Mahomes, their offense, and to me, here's the thing. 
just the three playmakers, four playmakers they have on defense that the Bills don't have. I think that's what Chris Jones, Tyrone Matthew, you know, uh, uh, what's the hell's the deep? Frank Clark, you know, they have some ballers, just for lack of a better way to say it, that can make some plays in some big moments. Score. 35-31 Chiefs. Sorry about that. Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. Um, I was going to go 30-27 Chiefs, but the spread is three, so – I will go. Um, uh, let's let's. Uh, I was gonna say forty four thirty eight, but no. I, I, I'm gonna go thirty one twenty seven. Chiefs. They win and they cover. So we're both. So you got the same wins. thing. Four point margin. Right. Four point margin. I was gonna go thirty twenty seven, and it may be thirty twenty seven, but the spread's three, so we can't do that right. because that's no fun picking the push. So uh, that's where we are. Let's uh, take a break. And uh, when we return, we're going to look at some prop bets coming out of Championship Sunday. Plus, still to come, one best bet each and our Folsom Prison Blues pick. We'll have more PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned right after this. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. Prop bets time, Championship Edition. Let's get through as many of these as we can. Simple, easy, but compelling. More passing yards in the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? For Rodgers, the over-under is 284.5. For Brady, it's 283.5. Wow. Uh, uh, this is a tough one. They both both make big plays in the pass game. You know, I, I think this weekend we're seeing four of the six best quarterbacks against the Blitz in the sport. I'm going to go with Rodgers in this one because I just don't think Green Bay is going to be able to run the ball and they're going to have to throw it to win the football game and move the ball. So I'll go Rodgers. Yeah, you know what? I'll agree with you because the Buccaneers have committed to the run. They stick with that formula. Tom Brady will pass efficiently and effectively, but it's right. not going to be a ton of yards, and it's not going to need to be a ton of yards. All right, next up, and as always, these odds come courtesy of points bet. Will Devontae Adams have 80-plus receiving yards and one or more touchdowns? The yes is minus 120, which means – uh, points bet thinks it's going to happen. Chris, yeah. do you? I do too. I do. Yes, I do. I don't. The the Bucks are not a team that is into like doubling people and doing that a whole lot. I the the Green Bay. This is the ultimate feed that guy offense. I mean, Rodgers. They feed him. If they got the look, they don't. They're like, hey, it ain't broke. Let's let's not fix it. Let's just keep throwing it to him. So because of what we just talked about too, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. I'm going yes on on Adams having 80 plus and one TD. Yeah, I agree with you as well. He's their primary weapon, and I know other guys have contributed in the postseason, but it's still Devontae Adams plus a, a collection of other guys. In Tampa, it's anything but one guy, and the top two guys, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who will have more receiving yards. Over-under for Godwin is 63.5, for Evans, 62.5. This is a tough one because I do think the Packers are going to be compromised in pass defense because they're going to get worried about getting crushed in the run game. I'm going to go with Mike Evans, though, uh, because I just think, you know, Godwin being in the slot, the middle of the field, there might be able just more ways within the run game defense, too, to pay attention to that. I think Evans is going to see a lot of just one-on-one, mano-a-mano on the outside, and I think Brady is just going to be like, you know, we're better than you, even though Jair Alexander's awesome, he's bigger than you and just as fast, and they'll, they'll just kind of peck away at that matchup. I, I'm going to go Evans. I'm going to go Evans, too, for a reason that I mentioned during PFT Live today. I think of all the guys on that team's offense, Evans is the guy whose life has been leading to this moment. Yeah. That this is the culmination of everything he's ever done on a football field. And I think he's soaking in the history. My guess is he's following Tom Brady around like a puppy dog all week, just soaking up anything he can about what it means to be on the brink of a Super Bowl and what it means to get to the next step and win it. And I just think Evans in this moment is going to step up and give us the highest end of the level of achievement and performance we've seen from him over his career. Also, he's three weeks removed from that knee injury that almost wiped out right. his postseason run. And we thought when it happened that it did. So I think that uh, Evans uh, will end up having a huge day. Aaron Jones, Packers running back on his way to free agency over under 64 and a half rushing yards. Chris, I'm going under. I, 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 I got to see it to believe it to run on this Bucks day. 
Yeah, 99 against uh, the Rams on Sunday, but I'm also with you under. Josh Allen, your boy Blue, over under 308 passing yards in the AFC Championship at Kansas City. Giddy up, giddy up, Josh Allen. Giddy up, giddy up, it's my boy Blue. 308 yards, there's no problem for him. He'll throw that easily. <laughs> you you were searching for a rhyme there, and it just was I never going to come. <laughs> uh, no line for Patrick Mahomes because of his injury status, and if he doesn't play, obviously the under wins. I'll go over as well for Josh Allen. How about rushing yards? We didn't see much from him against the Ravens, 32-and-a-half. He had over 50, I believe, against the Colts. He had over 90 against the Texans last year. 32-and-a-half over under. What do you got? I, I'm going to go over, and that's why another reason, Mike, We just when we broke down the game, I just go – you know, that's why being in the eye formation and them trying to be balanced is just – I don't like that attack that they did the first time around too. Shotgun, Diggs is deep. Okay, John Brown's deep. Cole Beasley's working in the middle. There's all these lanes for him to scramble and run too. That's part of the greatness of their team. I'm going to go over there for the 32-and-a-half. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well. Real quickly, receiving yards, Diggs, Kelsey, Hill. Which guy has the most of those three? Wow. It's either Hill or Diggs. I think they're going to try really hard to take Kelsey away and double him in a lot of big situations. I'm going to go with Diggs. I'm going to go with Diggs because, you know, there's just there's more weaponry to be passed around with the Chiefs. To me, Diggs is the guy that Allen is always looking for 100% of the time. So I'll go Diggs. I'm going to go Kelsey. And the thing about Diggs, remember that game last last season yeah. during the, the regular season when he, we saw that? that frustration start to come out just a little bit. And I think that the Chiefs know that if they can take him away and minimize him, maybe he'll bubble over at some point and cause a, not, not a huge problem, right. but a problem just from an attitude standpoint if it's not really going his way. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, best bets time. We have one each plus our weekly Folsom Prison Blues pick. We'll do that when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. BFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. You know, we usually do three best bets per week. Last week we did two. This week with only two games, we're doing one. We're also doing the Folsom Prison Blues pick, which is the one game that we guarantee as a winner if we're lying dead in a ditch. This is the game that we would put our money on. So, Chris, what's your, I don't know what the difference is with only one best bet. Maybe maybe there isn't one. What's your best bet? I'm I'm really torn with this one. I don't know which way to go. I, I really don't. Um. I guess what I'm going to do, I'm going to go with Kansas City. I, I, I am. I know I picked the Bucks to win by two points, but I guess I feel like Aaron Rodgers can pull off the upset maybe more than I think the Bills and Josh Allen can, and that's my logic, so I'm taking the Chiefs in those three points. Well, but the Packers are favored. That, that's the other side I, of it, too. That's why I'm, t I'm tempted to take the Bucks because the Packers could win, but it would still be a one or really two close game. Yeah, yeah, I and know. The, and, the Bucks, and the Bucks end up covering, but I'm, I'm going Chiefs. I just feel like the Chiefs are going to win, and they're going to win by more than three. All right, Folsom Prison Blues, straight up, no spread, the one game that you believe will result a certain way. Which is it? I'm going to go the Chiefs I guess there, the Chiefs. too. I, I am, too. Yeah, I'm going the Chiefs, same too. Same thing. Yep. Same thing. Yep. I, I feel like – no matter what the Bills throw at the Chiefs, they've been there, they've done that, they're ready, they're at home, and they, they just have the better team on both sides of the ball. Offense is a wash. Defense for Kansas City is yeah. better than the defense for the Buffalo Bills. It's that simple. We'll see how it plays out. Yep. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see you next time for PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Have a great day. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.